This week on the Scarecast. Nobody believed my mom. Everyone told her it was a dream. Until a few days later, there was a power outage. During this, my mom and a few of her siblings with her parents all decided to sleep in the living room. One guy in the church swore up and down that when he was a truck driver, he saw a skinwalker in its human form running alongside his truck when he was going about 80 miles per hour. She told me Kellum wasn't a kid, that he was a grown-up who was tall like her daddy and wore brown pants and a yellow shirt. I still thought we were talking about someone from her imagination, so I didn't dwell on it until one day she started singing a song I'd never heard before. I went to lunch at 12.30, and at 1 o'clock, I get a call from an unknown number. Usually I ignore these calls, but something told me to answer. Throughout the night, maybe one or two hours later, we thought we heard slight weeping, but we didn't see anyone at any of our doors or windows. So this story has been told to me by my mom a few times. And every single time, I still get that creepy, eerie feeling that someone is watching me. My mom is from a small town in Mexico, located in Zacatecas. When she was around 14, she had the habit of waking her mom up to go to the restroom, since it was an older home and the restroom was located outside. My mom tells me that it was around 3 a.m. when she woke up and felt the need to use the restroom urgently. So she began calling out for her mom. After a while of her mom not responding, she began getting agitated and started screaming. At this point, my mom turns around and at the foot of her bed, she sees her mom standing there. She was wearing a white robe, but had a very bleak expression on her face, and both of her arms were extended. My mom said that she suddenly felt extremely cold and a huge sense of dread. She had never seen her mom wear a white robe. That's when she looked down and saw her mom's feet weren't touching the floor. At that moment, she screamed and quickly threw the covers over her head. Her mom, wearing something completely different, runs in to find my mom shaking in her bed. Nobody believed my mom. Everyone told her it was a dream. Until a few days later, there was a power outage. During this, my mom and a few of her siblings with her parents 
all decided to sleep in the living room. At around the same time, at 3 a.m., they heard the same undeniable wails of La Llorona down their street. None of them slept that night. The story happened somewhere between 1997 to 1999. I was in my late teens and we were living in New Mexico, up near the Four Corners. My parents were pastors at a local church in a very small town. We had lived outside of town, sort of out in the middle of nowhere, where there were only a few houses sprinkled around us. Surrounding was, at least where there were no houses, there was some brush and a lot of desert. Ever since we moved there, the locals told us about skinwalkers. Even people in the church warned us about them. One guy in the church swore up and down that when he was a truck driver, he saw a skinwalker in its human form running alongside his truck when he was going about 80 miles per hour. But since I didn't witness it in person, I just took him at his word. I had heard many different tales on the origins of the skinwalkers, both from the locals and the Native Americans. There was a Native American who went to our church who still held on to his Navajo beliefs, who told me what I always assumed to be a more accurate description. He told me that when people of his tribe had a child out of incest, the tribe leaders would take the baby out into the desert to be raised by wolves. The wolves would raise it and they would become skinwalkers, having the powers to turn into anything. The story fascinated me. He just seemed to know for sure that this was the accurate tale. Then he warned me to never whistle at night, which I thought was pretty weird, but I never did until one night. It was in the fall, around 11 o'clock at night. I was in my bedroom, which was the furthest room from anyone in the house and near the garage, watching TV or possibly playing PlayStation. My mother was in her bedroom, and as for my dad, he was at church studying, as he always did till around midnight. My brother had a friend over that night, and they were going to spend the night on the back patio, which was a long rectangular room with screen windows all around it. Like I said, I was in my room minding my business when my brother and his friend come banging on my door. Annoyed, I opened the door, and my brother, who was four years younger than me, and his friend are both frightened. My brother said, as they were in the patio goofing off, they heard someone walking around the backyard and saw what looked to be the top of a white bald head walk by the screen windows. Now normally, I would believe my brother since he would never make this kind of stuff up. But his friend was a huge liar and had told tall tales about having been to Mars, even showing us the red dirt 
which looked an awful lot like the red dirt you would find around the area I lived in. Of course, by this time, I had experienced a lot of paranormal stuff, but I was still skeptical. Bravely and annoyed, I grabbed my jacket and a flashlight and the three of us went out to the patio. It was always creepy at night because it was always so dark and the only light came from a nearby lamppost a few yards down the street. Our backyard was insanely small except for the right hand side of it which was a bit bigger but held a trampoline which took up the better part of it. We stepped out of the patio, my flashlight shining around the yard, but saw nothing. That was when I started hearing the crunching of leaves coming from the front yard. So the three of us went through the back gate to the front yard. Now our front yard was huge and had roughly nine apple trees. There was even a large creepy tree in the corner of the yard near the street I always stayed clear of for some reason. We had a close neighbor, literally on the other side of the wooden fence. It was a nice family that had a daughter about my brother's age and they also had a bunch of chickens and sometimes they would wander into our yard. So that is what I thought was walking around our front yard. Shining the flashlight around, of course I couldn't see any chickens, but I did see something white walk behind a tree near the wooden fence. That was when I got very curious. The three of us walked slowly to the tree. I was being the protective big brother and kept the other two behind me. Before I knew it, I heard a loud whoosh and felt a gust of wind like something flew by us. My brother screamed out in pain. My brother always had his shirt off, which annoyed me because back then I was overweight and very self-conscious. But I noticed on his chest he had three long scratches across him. Scared and shocked, my brother ran back inside the house leaving me and his friend. It all happened so quickly, but I ran towards the street where I was sure whatever it was had gone. His friend close behind me. Once we reached the end of the property, I could hear the sound of bare feet running down the paved road. I shined my light towards the sound, but never saw anything. So I whistled some tune. And from down the road, I heard the same tune whistled back to me. Intrigued, I whistled again, this time a different tune. And again, the same tune was whistled back. My brother's friend started getting scared and kept trying to get me to go back inside. But I was very intrigued. I whistled for the third time. And that was when, very close by, we both heard a male voice say, Hey kid, come here. There was no hesitation. The two of us bolted back inside. We went to go tell my mother what happened, and she was already frightened 
because she was tending to my brother's scratches on his chest. We told her what happened, and my mother told us to stay inside. I have never forgotten that encounter. My brother brushes it off these days, making out to be not a big deal, but I know differently, as does my mother. It's one of the many incidents in my life that literally bothers me to this day. My daughter Madison always had imaginary friends. They were all in pairs. There was Dana and Steve, Frog and Kinga, and boyfriend and girlfriend. Then one day she told me, at around age three, about Kellum that played with her. I thought it was odd that this imaginary friend was flying solo, but I played along and asked if Kellum was her age. She told me Kellum wasn't a kid, that he was a grown-up who was tall like her daddy and wore brown pants and a yellow shirt. I still thought we were talking about someone from her imagination, so I didn't dwell on it until one day she started singing a song I'd never heard before. Daisy, Daisy, Give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. Then she'd mumble a few words and pick back up with, A bicycle built for two. This went on for a few days, and I assumed she'd heard it from her babysitter, as she didn't go to daycare, and that's the only other person who interacted with her at length outside of immediate family. So I asked the babysitter what the actual lyrics were so I could help her sing it better. The babysitter tells me she thought my husband and I taught her the song because she didn't know it either. I then asked my daughter where she'd heard the song and she tells me, Callum taught it to me. He sings it to his baby. This gave me the creeps but I thought it best to just chalk it up to something she'd heard on television rather than face what I was actually thinking. Eventually, Callum faded away and she stopped singing the song. She grew out of her imaginary friend phase and we never brought up Callum again. Fast forward to about five years ago and I'm telling the story to a co-worker who recognized the song as an old Nat King Cole tune called Bicycle Built for Two that was popular way back in the early 20th century. That prompted us to start looking on Ancestry.com at my property address history. I start following rabbit holes and found that in the 40s, the Beasley family bought the property adjacent to ours and ran a small dairy farm on it until it was sold in the 90s. The deeded owner at the time it was purchased in 1941 was Callum Beasley. Callum was the father of five children. His youngest died at age three. Her name was Madeline.
still don't know what happened. I have chills. This happened a few days ago, and I decided to post it here because I need to get it out. I left for work around 9 o'clock, and my husband was home with my son for the day. I went to lunch at 12.30, and at 1 o'clock, I get a call from an unknown number. Usually I ignore these calls, but something told me to answer. My five-year-old son was on the other end crying. He said he was taking a nap, and when he woke up, his daddy was gone. I said okay and I would come over since I was still on lunch. I thought maybe my husband went to work in the garage or take a shower or something and just freaked my son out a little when he woke up. I tell him to stay on the line and that it's about a 10 minute drive from me. He doesn't say much, but I can still hear his breathing on the other end. This is where it gets freaky. I have chills talking about this part. As soon as I enter the end of my block, the phone call ends. I pull into the driveway, and his car is still there. The front door is shut. My neighbor is getting groceries from his car, so I say a quick greeting and head inside. My son and husband are both sitting on the couch watching TV. My husband is playing on his cell phone. I asked him what happened, and he is extremely confused. I tell him about the call, and he acts like he doesn't believe me. I thought it was a crappy prank from him, so I asked my son, Did you call mommy and say you couldn't find daddy? No. Can I have a juice box? He's too young to be good at lying so I 100% believe him. I feel like I'm going crazy at this point. I asked if my husband ever left the room or gave our son the cell phone. He says no to both. I checked the call logs on that phone, and there's nothing. We don't have any other phones of any type in the house. I still don't know what happened, but I'm beyond creeped out at this point. This happened a little while ago, so my recollection of this isn't going to be word for word, but here it goes. I'm a teenager, and me and my mother live alone. We live basically in the middle of nowhere. Nearest town is a little less than an hour away, and the only things we have near us are a gas station and a bar. I know everyone who lives near me, and we rarely ever see new people in our neck of the woods. So just seeing someone who isn't familiar is suspicious enough. So this was pretty creepy. A couple of years ago, it was the middle of the night. Me and my mother are night owls. We like to be awake from that midnight to 6 a.m. time period that most people prefer to sleep during. My mother was watching TV 
in the living room, and I was using the computer in the kitchen. The kitchen and the living room are basically connected, so I wasn't too far away from her, only a few feet. The front door leads right into the living room. It's a door with nine windows, so it's pretty easy to see in. My mom looks towards the door, and she saw somebody staring at her through the window, and he was wearing a hood that obscured almost all of his face. My mom jumped, and she of course walked to the door and asked him what the hell he was doing. According to my mother, he looked pretty young, but she could barely see his face, so who knows how old he was. The man said something along the lines of, Uh, could you help me with my car, please? In a tone I could only describe as miserable and off-putting. Even though it was dark out, there should have been enough light for her to see a car. There was no car. The man was also holding his hands and his pockets pretty tight. My mother said no and apologized. This caused him to grip whatever was in his pockets tighter. So tight, it caused his arms to tremble. He stayed for a few more minutes, and then he had swiftly disappeared. Throughout the night, maybe one or two hours later, we thought we heard slight weeping, but we didn't see anyone at any of our doors or windows. I may be making assumptions here, but I can only assume it was a weapon that he was holding in his pockets. This was a really creepy experience, and it's safe to say he was going to lure my mother out of the house to do something sinister to her. A year ago, there was a very small metal plate jammed between the front door strike plate and the piece that goes inside of it. We have zero idea where this metal plate came from, but the metal plate stopped our doors from locking, so I'm assuming it was put there so that somebody could get in. These things are probably not related, but it made me think about him, because this was deliberately placed there by somebody, and we are not sure why. Creepy guy staring at my mother through the door after midnight, in the middle of nowhere, let's not meet.